In the name of our loving God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So Woody Allen, filmmaker, comedian, and satirist, once wrote his version of a college commencement address entitled, My Speech to the Graduates. This appeared in the New York Times in 1979. And he began this way. He said, more than any other time in history, mankind faces a crossroads. One path leads to despair and utter hopelessness. The other to total extinction. Let us pray we have the wisdom to choose correctly. And now you can assume two things at this point. First, Deacon Mike is dating himself, which is true. The second, that this this is probably not going to be a sermon about Father's Day, which is also true. But in Woody Allen's charge to the graduates, he meant it as a parody. But watching the news and reading the headlines these days makes me wonder if it wasn't more prophecy than parody. But in our gospel reading today, Matthew tells us that when he saw the crowds, Jesus had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And just perhaps Jesus found the people as Woody, tongue-in-cheek, imagined his fresh college graduates some 2,000 years later, despairing, hopeless, and faced with no good choices, only bad ones. Now, the imagery of sheep and shepherds is difficult for my modern sensibilities. I don't know much about sheep, other than that they hang out in flocks, we make sweaters from them, and they're not considered to be very smart animals. Thus the need for a shepherd, I suppose. But I'm not particularly fond of sheep metaphors. So to prove that I'm not totally, totally stuck in the 70s, I went to chat GPT and asked the question, how are people like sheep? And from the artificial intelligence, this is what I got back. Comparing people to sheep is a metaphor often used in religious and literary contexts to highlight certain aspects of human behavior or characteristics. Here are a few ways people are sometimes compared to sheep. First, vulnerability and dependence. Sheep are known to be vulnerable animals, reliant on their shepherd for guidance, protection, and provision. Similarly, humans can exhibit vulnerability and a need for guidance and care. We rely on others for support, nurture, and sometimes direction in our lives. Number two, herd mentality. Sheep tend to flock together and follow one another. Similarly, humans can sometimes exhibit a herd mentality where they follow the crowd without critically thinking or making independent choices. This can refer to situations where people conform to social norms, trends, or opinions without considering their individual values or beliefs. Third, trust and obedience. Sheep typically trust and follow their shepherd without questioning. Similarly, humans often place trust in authority figures, leaders, or spiritual guides looking to them for direction and guidance. This can reflect a willingness to follow instructions or teachings without always questioning or seeking personal understanding. 
and last, straying or getting lost. Sheep are known to wander off or get lost easily. Similarly, humans can sometimes make choices or follow paths that lead them away from their intended goals, values, or spiritual paths. This metaphor emphasizes the need for guidance and the potential consequences of straying from a righteous or purposeful path. Let's take a look at these in turn. First, like sheep, we can be vulnerable and dependent. Now, for we older, go-it-alone types, we imagine we don't need help. We're tough, independent. We can handle things on our own. But Jesus sees things differently. He recognizes the harvest is plentiful, but the need is great that workers are needed. And the Episcopal branch of the Jesus movement is hiring. We are those workers. We are empowered by Jesus Christ today, just as 2,000 years ago, to heal, to pray for, to counsel with, to help, and to support each other. We model our faith to a hurting world through our words and through our actions. Second, the herd mentality, a tendency to follow societal norms without critical thinking or applying individual values or beliefs. Well, boy, I could say many things here that I will not say. What I will say is this. The teachings of Jesus Christ do not, do not answer every question pertaining to modern life. For instance, what sort of career should I take up? Or a better question for myself, how should I spend my time in retirement? Well, Scripture provides no direct answer to these sorts of questions, but it does provide a framework in which to consider them. For instance, when choosing a vocation, does this job I'm considering allow me to honor God and to love my neighbor as myself? Or closer to home, am I spending my retirement time in ways that build the kingdom and lift up God's people? Now, Franciscans call this the Christ mind. I believe if I continue to develop this better in myself, if I can recognize the spiritual element in even the small decisions, let alone the larger ones, hopefully, just maybe, I can become a better disciple and follower. Third, misplaced trust. Following false teachings are toxic leaders. Well, there seems to be a bumper crop of false teachings these days. The business of dividing us and pitting us against each other seems to be a growth industry. And yes, there's profit to be made through spreading rumors, conspiracies, and misinformation. But consider this. Jesus practiced inclusion in his ministry. All who chose to follow him in the way were welcomed. No exclusions, no exceptions. He revealed himself to the woman at the well. Not only a woman, but a Samaritan woman. A member of a group despised by the Jews. Not only a Samaritan woman, but a woman of questionable social standing. Jesus dined with tax collectors, those who collaborated with, his, with the Roman overlords. And he counted among his closest disciples one who was perhaps a former prostitute. His inner circle, the 12 apostles he chose in our scripture today, 
included one who denied him in his hour of need and a man who would betray him to the authorities. And reflect on what Jesus did next. He sent forth in his name two formerly sworn enemies, Matthew, a Roman collaborator and tax collector, and Simon the Zealot, a revolutionary who pledged his life to the overthrow of the Roman authorities. In another time and place, Simon would have put a knife in Matthew's back. But from what we know from Scripture, these two men went forth and worked together to build Christ's kingdom. The gospel of Christ is loose and free in the world. Now, I think that was said by William Stringfellow, who was a theologian, and I might add a controversial theologian. He was a street lawyer and social activist. However, I can't find the exact reference. The meaning, however, is clear. The gospel is pure grace. It's free for all who wish to accept it, to live it, to preach it, and to teach it. If we try to rein in and restrict the living word according to our frail human tendencies, it breaks free. And our feeble human efforts to co-opt the workings of the Holy Spirit usually backfire spectacularly. And finally, the tendency of sheep to stray or become lost. There are a couple of ways to look at this. We can stray through listening to false teachings or my personal favorite, by paying heed to our own counsel. I know that when God's will seems to accord with Deacon Mike's will, I need to be very careful. But then there's a spiritual dry season which occasionally comes along when we can't hear the gentle urgings of the Spirit. God, who once seemed near, now seems far away. Our prayers become hollow, our worship lifeless. St. John of the Cross, one of the great Christian mystics, saw this as a necessary step in the journey of faith. According to John of the Cross, if we persevere through what he calls the dark night of the soul, we pass through the barren season and emerge more alive and confident in our faith. The prominent theologian Paul Tillich put it this way, grace strikes us when we are in great pain and restlessness. And thanks be to God that grace does strike if we but open ourselves to it. So, where does this leave us? Well, I believe this. We live under the loving care of our great shepherd. If we accept him, we have a friend to lead us and guide us through trials and tribulations of life. He gently brings us back to the flock when we stray. Our shepherd directs us, provides for us, and protects us. Our life as believers is not a life of binary poor choices, but a life lived in hopeful grace. And if we are sheep, we're a different kind of sheep. Sheep that are charged to become shepherds ourselves, commissioned to go forth and carry the gospel message to a needy and hurting world. In one of my favorite quotes, Bishop Michael Curry says this, we're not victims of fate, we are a people of faith. And that, brothers and sisters, is good news indeed. And happy Father's Day to all the dads, granddads, and great-granddads. Amen? Amen. Amen.